Hi, this is Dr. John Ankerberg. I invite you to dig into God's Word today with my dear friend, the late Dr. Wayne Barber, as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible. Would you turn with me tonight to Isaiah chapter 9 as we think about the message we just heard, all is well. And some people's heart is not because they've rejected Christ. But Jesus has come. He's the seed. And he's done on the cross what nobody else could do. Now if we receive him, all can be well again in our relationship with our God. We've been developing the theme, unto us a child is given. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9, which has been a focal passage for us in these first two nights, says in verse 6, I think that to me is the key verse. He gives hope. He's simply prophesying what was promised to Abraham back in the book of Genesis. As God promised a seed, Galatians 3 says that seed is Christ. There's going to be a person born, a son given, and he'll be the God-man. And Jesus will do on the cross what none of us could ever do. Verse 6 says, For a child will be born to us. A son will be given unto us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Now Matthew picks up on that. And the angel comes to announce to Mary and to Joseph of the coming event that was prophesied by Isaiah and other prophets and was promised to Abraham back in the book of Genesis. If you look in Matthew chapter 1, and this just simply puts the Christmas story in our hearts. We've heard it sung. Now let's read it. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And this is the announcement to Mary and to Joseph that Mary had been chosen to bear the Christ child. It says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What a powerful and necessary verse to understand. He was not born of man. He was born of woman. He was God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And verse 21 says, And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife. Promised to Abraham, prophesied particularly by Isaiah the prophet, now announced to Mary and to Joseph, and then the final fulfillment comes in Luke 2, and we read that last week, when the shepherds were out in the fields tending their flock, and an angel came and says, 
I bring you good news of glad tidings, for there's one that has been born. Now, in this Isaiah passage, back in chapter 9 of Isaiah, there's a phrase there that captures my attention. I can't help it. Every year at Christmas, somehow, it is this title, the name of Jesus Christ, that somehow just, just intrigues me. He says in verse 6, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. But look at this last phrase, Prince of Peace. Somehow, I grasp at that because that, that to me just says it all. Prince of Peace. I want to focus on that. The word prince there is the word in the Hebrew that means the head, the chief, the ruler, the keeper. Isaiah is prophesying that there will be a child born of a virgin, a little baby. Someone, was, Steve was telling me this morning over in the children's building that Larry and Catherine had their little one over there. I believe it was y'all's over there. It was wrapped up and all the little girls and boys came down to see the little baby and we're able to look and see that little baby and know that that's the way Jesus came into this world. Does that somehow just blow your mind? Or am I the only one in here that ever gets overwhelmed by that? A little baby. How could a little baby be the actual Son of God? Oh, the miraculous conception of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born of a virgin. And he shall be the prince of peace, the head, the administrator. The word means he will administrate peace. He will give it and he will also maintain it. And so that word peace becomes very important at the Christmas season and understanding why Jesus came to this earth. There are three questions that came to my mind. Many times you know how I preach. <laughs> Any of you could do a better job. I just get questions on my mind. I love to just sort of discuss with myself. I don't like topical messages, so when I do a topical message, I don't try to exhaust the text because we're not studying the book of Isaiah, and it would take us a while to put all this in perspective. But there are three questions that come to my mind that I'd like to just ask you and then try to answer them tonight, and maybe we can be encouraged by them. And it all has to do with this word peace. Prince, the keeper, the administrator of, the one who gives, the one who maintains. Somehow, in Jesus Christ, there is peace that we can find no place else. And these three questions are as follows. First of all, what does this term peace mean? What does it mean when he says he's the prince of peace? We know that means the keeper, the administrator. But of what? What is this peace that we find? with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the word very simply means the absence of conflict, the lack of discord, the oneness that becomes between two when there is nothing between them that brings any irritation whatsoever. Matter of fact, the Greek word means when two things absolutely cohere to where there's nothing in between that causes any friction. There can be peace. Now think of it and take it slowly. Prophet Isaiah says there's going to be a child born. He's going to be born of a virgin, as we know from other scripture prophecies as we read in Isaiah from the book of Matthew. We know that this child is going to be different than any other child because he's the God-man. And he's coming to this world for a purpose. But his title will be not only Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, but he'll be the Prince, the Giver of, the Maintainer of Peace. That peace that gives us the opportunity to relate to others outside of ourselves to where there's no irritation whatsoever. 
Now we know it's a definite relationship word. If you had nobody else to relate to, you would have no need for peace. For peace describes a relationship to where there is no irritation, to where there is nothing that holds the oneness back, to where two can be made one. In the announcement of Luke chapter 2, if we could just grasp what the angel is saying, he says, and on earth peace to men who are pleasing to God. In other words, when men do as the gospel tells us to do, there's something that happens in their heart. Oh, if we could grasp that. This fallen earth, the Lord Jesus Christ invaded the darkness of this world. And with his light, he brought the promise and the hope that in man's heart there can be peace for the first time. A, a peace that he can't find any other way. He can only find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not mean, by the way, and I was reading in the paper the other day things that, that sort of trouble me. We've got the concept in our country that if we dismantle our nuclear stockpile, if somehow we, we completely do away with our defense system, that this somehow means that we can be at peace with other nations. My friend, what he's talking about here in Isaiah has nothing to do with that, but has everything to do with something far greater than what man could begin to conceive of. In Jesus Christ, there's the possibility of being at peace with someone outside of ourselves that evidently there is discord between. In other words, there's got to be a broken relationship in order for Jesus to come and to restore that relationship. So peace means oneness, oneness to where there's nothing in between that causes friction. Well, that leads me to my second question tonight. So I'm talking to myself, and so I hope you're getting something from it. <laughs> if peace means this, and if peace is a relationship word, and if it means I can relate to someone outside of myself that evidently the fellowship has been broken and there is no relationship now, and it can only happen through Jesus Christ, then the question comes, to whom is this peace directed? Who is it that he's talking about here? Why the big deal? Is he saying that man can be at peace with man? Is that what he's saying? Is he saying that nation can be at peace with nations? Is that what the angel promised? No. We all know that that has to do with man's relationship to God. And that's why it's so significant. For a man cannot be at peace with a man until, first of all, the man has been, been reconciled and be in peace with God, his creator. You see, Genesis chapter 2, and we hit it last week. Let's hit it again this week. Make sure we got this picture. I think sometimes we need to hit this over and over and over again. We teach through books, and many times we forget the simplicity of what the gospel is all about. Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God warned a man. And he said, if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in that day you shall surely die. Now the word death means to be separated. Physical death is going to become a reality, as Romans 5, 12 tells us. But not only physical death, spiritual death. Separation from God. Why is the news so good that a son is given, that a child is born? Why, how can it be that all can be well again? Only when you understand that because of Adam's sin, man's fellowship and relationship with God has been ripped apart and man was stuck in the mire and the darkness and the sinfulness of this world 
But God invaded all that darkness and God promised and did exactly as he promised to bring a child into this world. And through that child, man once again can be reconciled to his God and fellowship can be there and nothing can stop the oneness he can have with his maker. That's why it's such good news. A man can be at peace once again with his God. Picture it this way. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, there's not a man born that's not born separated from God. Not a man born. No one is ever born that's not depraved in his own nature. Because how do we know that? It's where all have sinned. The very fact that we sin shows us that our nature is depraved and set apart from God. You see, when it all took place, when man sinned in Genesis chapter 3, Picture it this way. On one side, here's man, and a great chasm developed. It's as if man is standing on the edge of a precipice, and there's nothing at the bottom. It's endless. It goes, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. And on the other side, there's another precipice, and there stands God. Whereas man once was joined to him, now man's been broken apart. There's no way to reach to him. There's no way to get to him. There's no way to get the fellowship back like it should be. And so Jesus came to be the bridge between man and God. He, on the cross, that cross literally becomes that bridge. As man, when he comes to the cross and realizes what Jesus has done for him and receives him into his heart, then that chasm is bridged by the relationship through Jesus. And once again, man and God can be together. Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death eternal separation but the gift of god is what is eternal life first john 5 12 says he who has the son has the life the life is god's life in us it's the signal that peace has been made with god what's all this peace about this peace means that we can relate to someone outside of ourselves in which a relationship has been broken and it's a serious matter because we're not talking about Russia and America. We're talking about man and his God. That's what peace is all about. Well, who's it directed towards? It's between man and a holy God. For Jesus came down to this earth, the God-man, took upon himself our sin, paid a debt he didn't know when we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And now when we trust him and obey the gospel, which means by faith and repentance, we say, God, I know I can never reach to you. And I know that nothing in my flesh could ever be good enough for you to accept. But I receive and accept and believe what Jesus did for me on the cross. And I welcome him into my life. And when Jesus comes in, peace is restored. Reconciliation has been made. And oneness has been brought back in our relationship to God. You know, when I think of the picture here, I think of a father and a rebellious child. You know, I, I'm so grateful my children have not been that way. I, they could have easily been if they had took after their daddy, but they didn't. I'm grateful that they followed after their mama and they know, knew the Lord Jesus early in life. But I'm thinking about a service that I once had the privilege of preaching in and a man was sitting there, a man who his heart had been broken 
because his son had gone away. His son had rejected him. His son had gotten into all kinds of things out there in the world. There had been no relationship between that father and that son. And that father's heart just bled for that boy. And I remember that night, and I usually never preach an evangelistic message. I'm usually preaching to the church. It's amazing how evangelistic the Holy Spirit is to those messages. <laughs> and how he can reach out and touch a lost person just as quick as he can reach out and equip a saved person. And I remember that boy had come to that service. And I knew the situation not as much as I knew later on, but I knew enough about it that evening. And I remember when we gave the invitation. And when I looked up and saw that boy coming from the back down the front, and he came down just to break, to come to Jesus, so that once his, his relationship then could be made right with his Father in heaven. I saw that father break in that auditorium and come down and throw his arms around that boy. And the reconciliation that was in that place was incredible. Not only was there the heavenly reconciliation of a person coming to know his father in heaven, but the father on earth automatically came to him. And there was peace with God and there was peace with man. That's what the angel was talking about. Peace on earth to those who please God. To those who are willing to obey his gospel. There is the opportunity given in this dark, depraved, fallen world. There's the opportunity to be at peace with God. For everything to be all is well with God and us. But only through Jesus who is the administrator. The one who gives peace and the one who maintains peace. Has nothing to do with what man's efforts are at the table with nations has everything to do with what Jesus did on the cross for all of mankind. What is this peace? It's the ability to be at one with someone outside of ourselves in which a relationship has been broken. To whom is it directed? Well, it's not directed towards man. However, it does include it later on, but it's directed towards God. It's a holy thing. It's an eternal thing. Once a person receives Jesus, He's one then, peace. He's one with God. He is at peace with God. The signal is the life of God, the Spirit of God has come to reside in that man's life. And that life is eternal. You can't lose it because you did nothing but obey to receive it. That's all. You obeyed the gospel. He did everything. You simply trust in what he did. Well, finally, I had one more question. And I know... In these messages, we could go for a long time. I'm not trying to do that. just want to ask you a question. And I hear this all the time. Well, Brother Wayne, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. I came to meet him in my life. I know God the Father. I, I know that I'm at one with him. I know, Wayne, that in my heart, I feel like I'm at one with others. Isn't it incredible when you receive Christ in your life, people just get prettier and nicer. Grass gets greener. Sky gets bluer. It's incredible. Because now that you're at peace with God, why in the world would you have any bone to pick with man? And they always ask me, well, Wayne, I don't understand something. I feel like I'm at peace with all men. But men do not act as if they're at peace with me. Here's my third question. When I receive this peace through Jesus Christ, who's the only giver of that peace, can I expect men to be at peace with me? If I'm at peace with God and with men, why can't men be at peace with me? <laughs> Have you noticed how hostile this world is to anything that has to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? You talk to somebody in the secular world and you begin to tell them of the simplicity of our faith in Jesus and what causes us to tick and what the life is all about. 
and they look at us and laugh at us and make fun of us. Vice President Quayle made the statement on the news and he said, I think the answer to AIDS is not some kind of protection, but it's abstinence and it's waiting for the right person in your life and it's having one mate and trusting in that, in that relationship that God has given to you. He was made fun of by the secular news, by everybody you can think of. People have somehow coined this man as if he's some kind of nut because he has a name, Quail. If you look at his background, if you look at his wife and his family, they love the Lord Jesus Christ and unashamedly talked about it in an hour's interview with them on 2020. But we live in a fallen world. We are at peace with God. We can be at peace with men. But I want to tell you, it does not say anything in God's Word that men will ever be at peace with us. As a matter of fact, if you don't understand this, look with me in Matthew chapter 10. It's almost going to sound like he's contradicting himself. Jesus is the instrument of our peace. With whom? With God. But I want to tell you, he didn't come to give us peace with men in the sense that they'll have ever peace with us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through verse 36. And this Christmas season, when you're, you know, one of the things that it I seems like all day long, I've been telling you my opinions and my thoughts. I hope you're taking that with a grain of salt. But one of the things that just eats my lunch is to see the secular world singing the Christmas songs about our Lord Jesus Christ. I just get so upset with it. And I want to tell you something. You can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. When one's at peace with God singing those songs, buddy, it is different the way it sounds than somebody who's just talented trying to sing the word. It just doesn't work. But you didn't need that. Verse 34. <laughs> verse 34. <laughs> he says in verse 34, Do not think. Now listen to this now. Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. Now wait a minute. I'm confused. The angel said peace on earth, goodwill towards men that please God. And the, Isaiah said, he's the prince of peace, the keeper of peace. But Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace on this earth. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about in the fact that you can be at peace with God yourself. Oh, yes, he came for that. But when it comes to people being at peace with you, it'll never happen as long as we're on this earth in the, in the total sense of the word. Oh, yeah, there'll be some when they come to know the Lord Jesus. But he goes on to explain himself. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. I think the one thing that people don't seem to recognize when they come to peace with God is the fact that conflict now has just begun. They don't realize you can be at peace with men. That's why the Bible never says, make sure that all men are at peace with you. It does not say that. But it says in Colossians, you forgive others. You be at peace with them. That's what he says. Never promises they'll be at peace with us. The hardest thing to take in this Christmas season is to know we know the God of peace and to try to reach out and tell somebody about it. But when they're unwilling to receive it, they're going to throw it right back in our face because he came with a sword. And it starts in your very household. You see, once a man has peace with God, he can have peace with man. And not only that, he can walk in the peace of God. There's a big difference there. Having it with him and, uh, and walking with the peace of God. 
In other words, Jesus, as long as he's Jesus in me, maintains that peaceful oneness I can have with my Father. And I never have a bone to pick with anybody. <laughs> when I'm at peace with God and there's no irritation, when my oneness in my walk is like it ought to be, I just don't seem to have a stone to throw at anybody. But I want to tell you, that is the very reason why others want to throw the stones back at us. Because Jesus says in John that this is the judgment. Light has come into the darkness of this world. But men as a whole has loved their darkness because their deeds are evil and they don't want to be exposed by the light. What is this peace? It's something that you just can't describe. It passes all understanding, as Philippians tells us. It, it behooves us to say that it's just of God to the point it's a mystery how he does it in our heart. Somehow to reconcile us with God the Father. You know, I, that just blows me away. To be saved, folks, is something to shout about, to know that he's come and all is well with your soul. That's what peace is all about. Peace with God. Who's it directed to? To God and then to men. Yes, you can be at peace with men. But don't ever forget, in this Christmas season, few of us, few of us really understand the message that's being sung and heralded at this time of the year. The world is not at peace with us. They see Christmas in such a way that's so different from us that somehow we can't seem to find that, 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 that fellowship with them that we're looking for. Do you feel it when you go to the mall? How many of you have been to the mall in the past two weeks? <laughs> Anybody didn't raise their hand, would you talk to me afterwards? And how you, I want to see how you got out of it. But you feel it in the air. You feel it in the air. I want to just help you understand something tonight, and then we're going to go home. Don't get caught in the rut of thinking like the world thinks about Christmas. Because if we have peace with God, listen, if you don't have the money to give the gifts that you want to give to people, don't go out and borrow it and put yourself in a hole to where three months later you're going to be sorry you ever did that. Would you just remember what the real message is all about? And remember the greatest gift you could give to somebody else is to tell them that a son, a son was given, a child was born, and only through him can they ever have peace in their heart with their creator. And when they have it with him through Jesus Christ, it's eternal and it's something that will make them completely satisfied. Would you remember that just for me? Men will never be at peace with us until first of all they are at peace with God. And the burden we ought to have on our hearts is to tell this message to whoever will listen to it. I was down in Tampa, Florida years ago doing a meeting. And God just did a fresh work in my life. I need that about every hour, but he just really did it in this meeting. And I was just so filled up. Have you ever been that way? And you just can't shut up. You want to tell everybody. You just want to talk about it. You just can't stand it. You just, everywhere you look, you see him. You see what he's done. You're just so grateful for all that, he's, that he is and all that he's doing. We're riding down the the highway there in Tampa, Florida with some friends of mine. And I had this compelling urge <laughs> just to get out in the middle of the road and just to stand out there and flag traffic down and say, don't you understand? Jesus has invaded the darkness of this world. And you can be at peace with God if you'll just receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Great preacher up in the Midwest had a man in his church that was deaf and very few people in the church at that time knew how to sign. So when he would preach to this man, knowing he was stone deaf, it was very difficult. 
And many times he would try to ignore the fact that he was even there, and yet the man would sit on the front row. The people in the church nicknamed him an affectionate name. They called him Dummy. They didn't mean that in a slightful way. They just had picked up on it, and the little boy seemed to really enjoy that. He was a young man. Matter of fact, just in his early teens, he would sit down on the front row. And one night, this great preacher got on his heart. Somehow, I don't think he's understanding. Somehow, I don't think I'm getting across. So that night, he just forgot about everybody else in the place. Did not know the sign language, but everything he would say, he would try to explain it by some kind of motion. And he was talking about John 3.16. And he pointed him to the verse, and the little boy opened his Bible to the verse, John 3.16. And then he mouthed the words to him, For God so loved the world. And he pointed up here, and he pointed to his heart, and he pointed down to the, to the people that were there, that he gave his only begotten son. And he went through the picture there of Jesus hanging on the cross. And he went all the way through it the best he could do it. And at the end of that service, they gave the invitation. And it said that that young man, not being able to really speak and certainly not being able to hear, came forward and with tears coming in his, down his face, he, he pointed up and he pointed to the cross. And he said, kind of like, I want him inside of me. And he but knelt down and they prayed with him. Well, it was such a tremendous moving time in the service. They said the next morning, 7.30, the man's phone rang. They said, listen, you've got to do something. He said, what do you mean? He said, you know the interstate band that goes around our city? He said, yeah. He said, you know at 7.30 every morning is the, is the traffic going to work? He said, yeah. He said, you better get down there. He said, little dummy is down there in the middle of the interstate. He's gone up in the woods. He's got him a long tree. He's put a crossbar on it. He's wrapped it up. He stood the cross in the middle of that road and he's stopping cars and he's pointing up and he's pointing to the people, and he's pointing to the cross, and he's trying to tell them that they can be reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I want to tell you something. When it dawns on us what Christmas is all about, and that fire starts burning again inside of us, we'll start remembering the reason the world's not at peace with us is because they don't know yet or have understood yet the fact that they can be at peace with God. And when they're at peace with God, then they can be at peace with us. Unto us a son is given, a child is born, a seed, Abraham says, who is Jesus, who is Christ the Lord, and he is the prince of peace. Do you have that peace tonight that passes all understanding? Well, Brother Wayne, yeah, I do. I got saved 30 years ago. Well, do you have peace with your fellow man? Get off that subject, man. You get rid of about 25 in my family, I could have revival in my heart. <laughs> the way some people live, isn't it? When you go to the stores and you feel like you're out of place this Christmas, when you get into the secular world and listening to the radio and everything else and you feel like you're out of place, rejoice, friend, because you are. You are. Because you're at peace with God. But don't ever gloat on it. It's only by His grace. Ask God to burn within you the desire to tell somebody else how they can have the same peace that you have. You know, I've never thought about what my face looks like. <laughs> Diana said I could lose 50 pounds of ugly fat if I cut my head off. That gave me a little clue. I was over in Romania, and I didn't have any visa pictures to go into Hungary. And I was sitting in a camera shop. Costello and me, I remember, Costello was with me. 
And I sat there, and she was going to take my picture. And remember what you told me, Costello? She said, she said, look at his face. Look at his face. And Costello said, what do you mean? Look at the peace that's on his face. Personally, I was upset because I didn't have any passport pictures. <laughs> but folks, people know, people know when you have this peace. When it's with God, it's with man. And friend, we are to always be at peace with one another. But to remember, the world is not going to be at peace with us until they have their peace made with God. What is missions? <laughs> it's nothing more than Jesus being Jesus in us because he's concerned that others have the same peace that we have. Starts in Chattanooga, goes around the world. That's what it's all about. Is all well with you tonight? He made it so that it could be, but have you come and bowed to receive that in your life? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight. There's a lot of things in this world we'll never know nor enjoy. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that you've taught us not to pursue any of it because once, you, once we have it, it has us. Father, we thank you so much that the one thing in this world that we're promised when we come to Jesus Christ is that, Father, we're going to have the peace that passes all understanding, oneness, serenity, absence of conflict. Oh, Father, thank you that tonight, because of the shed blood of Jesus, because of his residing spirit in our hearts, Father, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we can lay our heads on our pillows tonight and know that we're at peace with you through your Son, Jesus Christ, if we've accepted and obeyed your gospel. Father, I just pray tonight that you'll open our eyes instead of congratulating what you have done in our life. Oh, Father, may we have a burden to see it done in others' lives as we see a world that is hostile to anything that you represent. Oh, Lord, as we're strangers and aliens on this world, Give us a burning desire to see others be at peace with you. Father, we ask these things now. And Lord, if there's anyone here this evening that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't have that peace tonight, or Father, someone here who has that peace and right now is not walking and letting you maintain it, or maybe, Father, somebody who has other things on their heart tonight that you're leading them, Father, I pray that you'll just take charge of our invitation this evening. Thank you for our youth choir. For the message that all is well, but only when we obey the gospel can it be made well. Father, I pray that all of us could leave this building tonight and know that we're at peace with you. We pray this. In For additional resources or to view our TV program, log on to jashow.org. That's jashow.org. 